guess who's back? Back again. We are back. Tell your friends. All right, thank you. Hello, everybody. This is I Should Know This. We're going to make this a fast episode, so we're going to talk really quickly and get this over with so that Ellie and Joey can get ready for packing for their trip. Okay, but you listen to the podcast on like 1.5 speed, so that's going to be way too fast. Well, we can always slow down part of it for some of the people, but this is I Should Know This, where I ask Ellie a question that she should know. She answers it, and then we fact check at the end. And, and I guess the same goes for me. Yeah, I was going to say, and I do the same thing for Joey, so... But Joey, I ask you about chemistry and all that other stuff. And when you ask me about electrical engineering and dogs and art and history, you know so much more than just Wi-Fi. (laughs) I know. I just don't know that your elevator pitch was that good because it just like didn't cover the bases. All right. If you want a good elevator pitch, I'm sure we've done it 10 times (laughs) previously. I think that it's your turn. Wait, it's your turn to answer a question first. Okay, let's go. What are Goosebumps? Oh, this one's easy. (laughs) So it's a novel written by... Oh, come on. (laughs) Okay, for some of you, you might know that it was a novel or series. Did it even make it to TV? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember watching the TV (sighs) episodes, but... It was like a choose-your-own-adventure scary book, right? Man, that and then Animorphs. Oh, I remember never reading Animorphs, but all always like opening the front cover so that I could see the change. Loved Animorphs. Goosebumps. It's pretty simple. So your skin has so much surface area. When it gets cold, the, the, the core reason, when it gets cold, your body needs to find a way to insulate itself. So when you're close to 0% body fat, like myself, in the winter, it doesn't work out for you. You're freezing. So your body responds by basically making your skin a little bit thicker to act as like an insulatory an insulator for keeping the heat in that's like the main function of it but then i guess the um, other things that can happen is when you get chills or when you get nervous or i was gonna say like when you listen to music that's really moving it's like that gave me the chills like yeah it's like invoking a or when it like hits a certain tonality or frequency well i don't think it's a frequency necessarily but it's more about it's kicking into like an emotional response which is obviously then a hormonal response you want to hear about hormones check out episode does that mean that when it's cold we have a hormonal response yeah i mean your body's reacting to the temperature so your body's okay we're going to fact check this obviously but i believe that it is a hormonal response because your body's reacting to the fact that there's you know a stimulus and then it has to react in some way so or it's like yeah but i mean just in the very very basic like in evolutionary reason that we get goosebumps for the thickness that you were describing does that mean that when it's cold we get a hormonal response and that's why our skin thickens for that purpose or is it more just like we're losing heat and different parts of our body i don't know is everything a hormonal response i guess is a question did my question follow-up question make sense so maybe it is not hormonal but it is a i guess a natural reaction of your body through mm-hmm. external stimuli mm-hmm. and that's all i have to answer okay perfect short one we'll keep it quick <laughs> maybe this one will be 10 minutes <laughs> we'll see um by the way if you guys want to leave any comments we forgot to mention the form last time yeah so Google feel free form. to throw your uh, feel free to throw your topics or any suggestions you have into that form we love the feedback is your turn yeah all right that's what happens when you're done so my topic has to do with something that's very current and 
and relevant to what we're going to do. I so thought you were doing a pun and you're like, current. No, I could ask you a current question. <laughs> no, it's okay. Just do what you were going to ask. So my question has to do with the trip we're about to take. We're going to Chile. We're taking a plane. So the interesting thing is that when you take a plane, they tell you to turn off your devices because of interference. I believe this is something you should know because it has to do with signals it has to do with microwaves or radio waves or electromagnetic frequencies. But I'm wondering, do they really think a cell phone is going to take down a plane? Do they really think it's going to impact it that much? Or what's going on there where we all have to turn off our phones? Yeah, so I think I think that it's probably kind of like a legacy thing. So then why keep it current? I mean, it makes sense on a lot of levels, but the frequencies I don't think are that close together to what is used for like the air traffic control radar so like I don't know how that could cause so much interference not to mention that like the plane the plane's exterior would like stop a lot of the signal from inside from getting out so I don't I don't think I mean maybe I should know that but the only like relevant thing that I have to that is that for the unlicensed spectrum when they added 5g frequencies for wi-fi they had to eliminate some of the channels that you were allowed to use because they were used for weather radar and like air traffic control and when you're installing wi-fi near an airport you always have to like do a survey because there can be so much interference from all of the equipment that's used by like the air traffic controllers and everyone that's working there but i think maybe it's less of a concern that it's going to be interference to the actual air traffic controller and it's more of a concern that it'll be interference to the pilot's communication because that's still within the plane yeah that can be valid i'd have to fact check it though i mean maybe just about distraction you know people are going to be on their phones but if you tell them to turn well they don't have to turn it off until so i think before if you think about what phones were always used for it's like people calling so i think they didn't want everybody making phone calls when they were taking off and landing because it's also just a safety issue like if the flight attendants need to make an announcement or if the flight attendants need to like communicate with each other. Yeah, well, I was thinking about the security briefing, you know, has anybody ever answered their phone? Would they get ejected from the plane? What do you mean the security briefing? You get on the plane, they seat you, uh-huh. and then they go through the safety briefing. Yeah, but people are still on their phones during that now. Well, I know. So I was oh. thinking that doesn't even have to do with it. I'm just saying now, like our use of cell phones is oftentimes silent, whereas before it was like a very noisy activity yeah, yeah so maybe it had more to do with that than anything else sure well there we go yeah back check i mean you're working oh yeah it's good that's what it. no i was gonna say <laughs> you've been working in an airport for a bunch of time so i didn't know if there was something that maybe yeah but i'm working on the through. building side not the airfield side yeah i just didn't know if it was something that came up as a topic it hasn't yet all right well you're gonna be smarter than those that don't know i thought you're gonna be like you're gonna be smarter than a fifth grader you should <laughs> <laughs> Back check time. And we're back. We're back. Guess who's back? Back again. We are back. Tell your friend. All right. Thank you. Okay. I'll go first. Since I went first, I'll go first. So goosebumps are the bumps on a person's skin at the base of body hairs, which may involuntarily develop when a person is cold or experiences strong emotions such as fear, euphoria, or sexual arousal 
<laughs> we can cut that out. No, we're leaving it in. Um, the formation of goosebumps in humans under stress is considered to be a vestigial reflex. Well, a vestigial reflex in a species is a response that has lost its original function. Um, so in humans, it's also known as the the pilomotor reflex, the pilometer reflex. <laughs> Who knows? More commonly known as goosebumps, was originally a reflex that assured the raising of fur for additional insulation against cold. And also, which I did not know, when scared, this response also made the frightened animal seem bigger and a more formidable enemy. That's what uh, dogs do so, when they get worked up at the dog park. Yeah. So the hairs this, on their back stick up. I didn't know dogs got goosebumps. So, yeah, it was originally. So, I mean, it's essentially for your hair more than it is for skin thickness, I guess. <laughs> well, and if you, okay, we're going to save this for another time. But there's a reason why certain animals have certain hair, hair hair density and it's all about the air that's trapped in the hair got it also can you give us an example of a different vestigial response that we have well i most certainly could <laughs> yay ear perking and the hypnic jerk what is ear perking <laughs> It's been observed that some people have slight protrusions on the outer ear, also known as the oracle. These protrusions tend towards the top of the oracle. This has been tagged and coined Darwin's turbicle or of the oracle. This phenomenon jides with the accepted scientific explanation. The incident of tubercles of the oracle among humans are vestigial reflex. I don't All right, just think post a should. picture of what ear perking looks like. Think about a dog with ear perking. Just we'll use that. I don't know if that means that your ears perk up or if there's like something grow that's like a formation on your ear that's just something old they're talking about ears perking up oh so you make a lot of noise all his ears perk up that's vestigial reflex i'm gonna look up vestigial reflexes so goosebumps start in the part of the body called the sympathetic nervous system which sends signals from your brain to your skin um it usually happens when you get cold or feel certain powerful emotions so fear you know powerful emotions of happiness or sadness mm -hmm. those can give you goosebumps it's also how you get the shivers it gives you that kind of sensation now do you feel like chills because your skin has more surface area now so you feel more of everything around you that is absolutely not it okay <laughs> it's just like this stuff happening inside your bloodstream the reason for all these responses is the subconscious release of a stress hormone called cortisol no Oh. I was so excited before because <laughs> adrenaline. It, yes, <laughs> adrenaline. He said stress hormone, and I thought cortisol. Okay, well, <laughs> very cool. In humans, adrenaline is often released when we feel cold or afraid, but also if we are under stress and feel strong emotions such as anger or excitement. Other signs of adrenaline release include tears, sweaty palms, trembling hands, an increase in blood pressure, racing heart, and the feeling of butterflies in the stomach. Wait, so people crying is from adrenaline um i don't think it's the crying i think it's if you're so happy that you tear or you're so livid you're so angry that you tear and if you're sad crying must be a vestigial response because what good does that do it's an emotional response we can save that for another question okay all right i think i answered mine for the most part yeah you did okay my turn the show is yours so the faa did change some of their regulations in 2013 if you do recall, that expanded the use of portable electronic devices throughout the flight. 
So that's talking like, about like the tablets. Well, yeah. So that's like being able to use everything in airplane mode. Because I don't know if you remember, but before that, you had to actually like turn everything off, even if it had an airplane mode. I mean, everybody did that too. I don't know how they would have checked it if that were the case. But there's a lot of information about why that first happened. And it was basically like when cellular first came out, they were concerned that the frequencies would interrupt different, not only flight communications, but also just different equipment that's on the airplane. So, so you're saying that they were concerned, but they had no actual facts. They or were being cautionary, like cautionary. Okay. And that, you know, stayed in place for a very long time, but obviously. Obviously, the technology that's used in our electronic devices has advanced significantly. Um, so that's why they expanded the use. And then in terms of the actual like cellular data connectivity, that's like an FCC rule. So there's an FCC rule that says you cannot ma- have any voice communications in flight. And the, and the previous chairman was like posed to change that. And the airlines and flight attendants actually were part of the group that put pushed back because they were worried that that would ruin the travel experience for people on planes because you could have the person sitting next to you like on a four-hour phone call. I'm so glad they did not approve that or they (laughs) kept it from happening because it's incredible when, I mean, you know, when you're on a bus and that happens, people are talking or Mm -hmm. they're on the phone for a while. It just makes you wonder how comfortable they are just talking about this random thing in front of a bunch of strangers. But then when you're at altitude, I just feel like everything gets intensified tenfold yeah and the other thing is like they have been able to trace um so they found that different equipment on a plane has had interference or had trouble working and they've been able to like say when they turned off a personal electronic device the interference stopped and when they turned it back on it started and that was like some volunteer there's a site through nasa where the flight attendants can voluntarily report incidents on the plane and so that was one of them but they weren't able to to recreate that in a lab setting so the reason that it's you know turned off or like the reason that you aren't allowed to use laptops and larger things i think is both um because it has more and they have more antennas on them that's why you have like better speeds when you're on a laptop and then the second thing is that there's rules through the faa that the like things you're holding during takeoff and landing need to be like relatively small or stowed away and that's more of just like worrying things will like fall or like fall into the aisle or hit people. So I can't have a 12 inch laptop open during takeoff and landing uh, or I can't even have it open for the flight or not open but closing on my lap for the flight. It has to be actual actually stowed away Mm -hmm. but I can take my 12.9 inch iPad which at least has more antennas than most of the um, let's say commercially commoditized laptops that big corporate operations use that you see on a lot of flights so i just find that very interesting yeah but your data is still turned off even if you're allowed to hold it for both i mean your data is turned off for a laptop it's not like i know i'm just saying that like originally that was part of the issue so the reason you're not allowed to have laptops and stuff on still even if they're in airplane mode was for the like size stuff but you're right i mean ipads and things are getting larger i'm they were saying that pilots use ipads for um different like navigation books and stuff that they'll have on hand yeah i mean they're tracking weather with that they're doing their flight plans you know a bunch of different things so it makes sense
sense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously they have the the need for the instrumentation and for the antennas, but I've just always thought that was an interesting fact or an interesting concept that this guy who has a smaller device as far as screen res- uh, screen size has to put his thing away. But mm-hmm. then I can be watching my movie on my iPad that weighs about the same, really. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many spatial streams or like antennas your iPad has in- compared to laptops, but I know laptops are like three and some of the better quote-unquote portable devices like ipads are usually two but um i mean when you look at the new the brand new ipad that i don't have unfortunately that thing is mega powerful with tons of technology so i'd imagine it's probably more advanced than yeah but the antennas doesn't necessarily mean faster speeds like it definitely helps but there are other things in the processing that can create faster speeds i don't doubt that it's a powerful device but um it was so the reason for it is largely legacy still and then the fcc it's like not a technological reason it's just like no we're not gonna do that to people on planes so still keep your phone in airplane mode and abide by the law you probably won't get a lot of service even if it's off airplane mode and just so you know like disobeying stuff on planes is a federal offense so be careful the other thing i didn't look up but i will post in the fact check is what frequencies the cellular stuff falls under versus the airline communications. Sounds good. Alrighty. I think that kind of covers it for this episode. Over and out.